Hello, my conscious soul. This is Jay Wynn. Welcome to the Conscious Chess Podcast, where we bring inspiring individuals living purposeful lives in the hope of inspiring you to be your best authentic self. This is episode number 28 with Sarah Manuel. Sarah was not supposed to live past the age of four after being diagnosed with the number one genetic killer of children under age two. Not only did she survive, she found a way to thrive in every area of life by always looking for her entry point. Sarah is a school psychologist and advocates for the needs of students with unique learning abilities. In addition, she has published her first book title, Differences Are Dynamite, which teaches children to embrace each other's differences. She now advocates for those with disabilities through her coaching program, where she gives people the tools and strategies needed to embrace their uniqueness and discover their own entry points to their passions. You can reach Sarah via contact form on www.sarahmanuel.com. In this episode, we discuss how important mindset is and tips on cultivating a positive mindset. Here's my interview with Sarah. Thank you for being on the show, Sarah. So normally just to start of the show, I would just ask you a bit of your personal history, who you are, where you grew up, and what were your early years were like? Yes. Yeah, so my name is Sarah Manuel, mm-hmm. and um, I was diagnosed with um, one of the muscular dystrophy diseases called spinal muscular atrophy when I was around one or so, maybe a little bit older. And at that time, my parents were told that I probably wouldn't live past the age of four or five. Um, So I grew up um, thinking that, yeah, there's an expiration date on my life. Mm -hmm. And um, I grew up in a very small town. Um, like 35 people in my high school graduating class, wow. kind of small. Um, and because of that, um, the entire community just kind of, you know, it, you know, they um, were very approving. They tried everything they could to help out. They um, included me in everything, just like any mm-hmm. other kid. Mm-hmm. Um, and as I was going through school, I would find ways to do the activities I wanted to do that you know, it didn't look like everybody else, but it, I was mm-hmm. still participating. So mm-hmm. as an example, um, when the girls got to be old enough to do um, school sports like volleyball, I couldn't mm-hmm. play volleyball, but I could keep the score. So oh, okay. I was always finding ways to to um, be involved and included. And um, nobody ever really said, well, you can't do that. You know, um, So that was a huge um, help, I think, for me in, in, in setting up my mindset to believe and to just kind of envelop that I am capable of doing whatever I want to do. I'm worthy of doing whatever I want to do. I just have to figure out a different way to do it. That's amazing. So um, like what you mentioned, mindset is everything. So you believe that even though, like, since you were young, you've been programmed to believe that you can do anything yeah I remember my parents telling me well can't means you don't want to and it's not like they were shaming me for the things that I physically couldn't do because of my disease mm-hmm. um to me looking back it was almost like a challenge where okay you say you want to do something you're going to have to figure it out oh, you know wow. yeah, you can yeah. do whatever you want to do just use creative problem solving and figure out a way for to be able to do those things. So, Mm -hmm. um, that was just, 
expected of me and they knew I was capable of it, um, it just would look a little different and that was okay. Mm. And you are now a life purpose coach. So what made you follow this current path? Well, I'm also a school psychologist. Mm -hmm. And when I was kind of searching for what I wanted to do, what my purpose was, um, I used to listen to so many experts say, well, just do what makes you happy. Mm. And I tried that and it just, well, it, it never worked because there were things that made me happy, but that didn't give me joy or fulfillment. Wow, yeah. And I was looking for the joy and the fulfillment rather than the happiness. Because to me, now I'm able to kind of distinguish the two, whereas for me, happiness is very fleeting and it's dependent on the circumstances around you. Whereas wow. joy and fulfillment, you feel no matter what your circumstances look like, you know you're on the right path. Um, and that's what, even when things get difficult, that's what keeps me going. Mm. How can we cultivate to have joy and fulfillment? Like, as you mentioned earlier, you believe mm -hmm. that happiness is fleeting uh, for joy and fulfillment that has to come within. So in order to get that or that state of mind, how can we, um, how can we cultivate our mind? Yeah, I think it was finding my purpose and finding, because to me, before I really realized that I was, you know, I found my purpose and I was living in this joyful state, it, joy to me before that just seemed almost like a fairy tale. It's like, well, what are you talking about? I don't get this whole joy thing. Like, mm. how can you feel happy all the time, which is what I used to think joy was, Um. I've come to realize it's just that sense of fulfillment and meaning um, mm. that you feel. And when you can tap into your purpose, I think that's when the door to joy can mm. open up for you. Mm. And as, as a life purpose coach, can you give us tips on finding a purpose? Do you think we only have one purpose or we have multiple purpose in life? As human being, oh no, I feel like purpose evolves with you as you grow um, and go through life. Like what your purpose is in your 20s may be totally different than what it is in your 40s or 50s or beyond that. Mm. Um, because we're constantly evolving and growing as people, I think our purpose does the same. Um, so for me, when I was able to recognize and accept my disability for what it was because I didn't want to be different. And I didn't like, I was in total denial about my disability and being in a wheelchair. Mm. Um, but, but when I was able to finally accept that there was a reason why I was put in a wheelchair and mm. that I wasn't a mistake and that being in a wheelchair wasn't a mistake. It, it, there, it was given to me for a purpose. And I use the word given very purposely now, because I don't think it was something that I was stuck with or that I was punished um, to be in a wheelchair. Mm. I think it's a gift because I'm able to look at things in a different perspective that I think I um, have really come to appreciate. Mm. So when we are able to accept 
the things that make us different, the parts of ourselves that we wish were, you know, that we wish we could hide or that we downplay um, mm-hmm. and accept them as gifts, then I think that's kind of when your purpose opens up to you. Mm. So I think, so you meant that we have to review our life and say, oh, is this something that I am happy with or something that I was born with or this gift? And sometimes it might be, you know, it might, it might be something that's different from other people. And um, then we believe that, you know, I wish, I wish I'm, I'm not different. I wish I'm like them. But then basically whatever that makes us unique is the way for us to find our purpose. Right. Because I believe those differences were very purposely given to us. And even mm-hmm. though we, we want to wish them away so we can fit in with society, so we could fit in with our friends or our family, mm-hmm. or it, it's easier to wish it away than to accept it for, for what it is, I think. Mm. And how Sometimes. do we... But when you get past the point of wishing it away and really begin to accept it and realize, go ahead. How do we not let our circumstances detect our reality? Well, I I mean, that's kind of what my mission is now. I, you know, Mm -hmm. I have constantly turned the story I'm telling myself from, you know, a negative circumstance into a positive thing that I'm telling myself. So an example I like to use is when I was in college, I was really, because I grew up in a small town, everybody knew me and people didn't really stare. And when I would go out, you know, in the city to be around other people, like the staring would bother me, but then I got Mm -hmm. to retreat to my small town. When I went to college, there was no retreating. It was day in and day out people were were staring at me Mm. and I decided to tell myself that well they're not staring at me because I'm in a wheelchair and I look different they're staring at me because I'm beautiful oh wow that's amazing yeah yeah so even though it took a while for me to constantly tell myself that new story I eventually was able to embrace it and accept it and as a result my confidence grew from it so, oh yeah, they're staring at me because it's beautiful. Mm. So I think if we are able to change the stories that we tell ourselves, then your circumstances don't have to dictate reality. Mm. So how do we stop negative self-talk? You know how sometimes we're just like, oh, I could have done better. Or, you know, like, I mean, as human beings, we tend to say all these stories, tell these stories to ourselves. Yeah. So one, how do we, so when that happens, how can we just stop in that moment and start rewriting that story? Like sometimes it might be feeling like, oh, is it just, am I just faking it or, you know? At first it will feel like you're faking it. Um, but eventually what I found is if I told myself the story, the new story often enough, and whenever I felt that, that feeling of discomfort that I was staring again, um, if I, I would replace that story immediately, then I eventually got rid of the negative story. Mm. So do you? So have- it's like combat. You have to, you know, as soon as you hear that negative start, you have to just say, "Oh no, that, that's not my mm. truth. That's not my reality. This, mm. this is this is my reality." Also, that's how we reprogram our belief system. Yes. 
And in terms of, as for you, you, you mentioned that mindset is everything. Do you have any tips on like um, how to empower our mindset you know, on a daily basis? Or do you do, you do any like practices? Yeah, well, there are constantly um, stories that I'm telling myself now that, you know, when things get difficult, it's like, okay, I need to stop. That's not what's going on. This is what, what is my reality. Um, I also have visual reminders, like on my phone, I, I have um, a little saying that things are always working out for me. So oh, yeah. even if I'm, you know, having a moment, if I happen to, you know, get a notice or something on my phone, I'm looking at that quote and I'm reminding myself, okay, yeah, this is actually, you know, I, I need to expect these things to work out for the good and, you know, deal with what happens after that, but it doesn't do any good to worry. So things are always working out. Mm-hmm. And in terms of like meditation and mindfulness, do you practice any of those in order to reframe your mindset and, you know, uh, keep the positive mindset? I go for walks um, so that I'm just kind of in my thoughts so I can kind of reset myself and, and feel like that. It, that helps to restore me when I'm, um, on the walk by myself, usually at least mm-hmm. I can go with my husband or my son, but I, I mm-hmm. like it to be quiet so that I'm just alone with my thoughts. Um, so that helps. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, prayer really helps. Mm-hmm. And then um, I have a vision board that I made like 15 years ago that has really evolved with the person I have changed into from then. Um, and I look at it, I have it in a place, I have it framed and it's in a place a wall in my bedroom that I see every day and that's another visual reminder for me that um you know those things that I want in life they're they're coming true and I can visualize them coming true and you know I'm on the right path to to see all that fulfilled do you believe in like do you think that working on the vision board do they help like do you believe in vision boards and have have you compare it like so you mentioned that you've had it for 15 years uh have you looked back and see oh you know these are the things that I've uh, posted on my vision boards and now they've come true yeah I am I do think that in order for us to experience a new day-to-day reality we need to visualize what what that looks like and I think that's where your vision board or um I have three different types of ways to envision your future in the class that I have um, called Destination Mm -hmm. Tomorrow, um, Mm -hmm. where we're able to visualize what you want. So like visualize your dreams so you can achieve those dreams. And looking back at my vision board, a lot of the things have changed. Like back then I put, I wrote down author on my board and I don't even know really where that came from because I didn't have anything in my mind of Mm. what I I was going to do with that. But then this past spring, I uh, released a book, a children's book I wrote called Differences Are Dynamite. Mm. So the, um, you know, the the house that I wanted has come true. The baby I wanted to have, I had him. Um, Mm. So those things have come true. Um, But there's so much of that board that still is evolving and has a different meaning than it did 15 years ago, but is still Mm. very, very relevant. 
Mm, amazing. Um, I know your time is precious, so I'd like to end it with three questions. Uh, the first one is share one truth about you that only you know. One thing I only I know, um, I guess it would be just how um, just how important prayer is to me and my relationship to God is to me. It's not something I talk about a lot um, mm -hmm. with other people, but I definitely um, feel like I have a good relationship with God and um, that he's leading my, my path and that it's, I wouldn't be where I am or who I am without that relationship. Mm. And what does it mean to live a conscious lifestyle or being conscious? To me, I associate that with just being aware and being in the moment. So for me, I'm aware of myself and the people around me. And I'm trying to, and like in every interaction I have with people, I try to make it a positive interaction um, and to just be in the present rather than getting stressed out and worried about things that may never even come to pass. Mm. And what impact do you want to leave uh, on this world? I want the world to know that, you know, just because you are different and we all are in our own ways, mm -hmm. that we need to embrace that and celebrate that difference so that we can, you know, you see them as gifts so that we can truly live our life with the fullest meaning and purpose that was intended um, when we were gifted those things. Mm, beautiful. And, um, oh, this will be just one final question. Where can we find uh, your book? My book's on Amazon. Okay. Um, so you can find it by my name or the name of the book, um, Differences Are Dynamite. And, um, yeah, it's on Amazon right now. Okay, amazing. Uh, thank you for being on the show, Sarah. Thank you so much for having me. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe so you're notified when a new episode is posted. Rate and review this podcast and share it with your friends. Thanks so much for listening and I hope you're leaving feeling inspired to be your best authentic self.